the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. If we look to the answer as to why for so many years we achieved so much, prospered as no other people on earth, it was because here in this land we unleashed the energy and individual genius of man to a greater extent than has ever been done before. This great nation will endure as it has endured. Let me assert my firm belief that the only thing we have to fear is fear itself. Freedom and the dignity of the individual have been more available and assured here than in any other place on earth. You are about to embark upon the great crusade toward which we have striven these many months. The eyes of the world are upon you. The hopes and prayers of liberty-loving people everywhere march with you. We're not, as some would have us believe, doomed to an inevitable decline. I do not believe in a fate that will fall on us no matter what we do. I do believe in a fate that will fall on us if we do nothing. And so, my fellow Americans, ask not what your country can do for you, ask what you can do for your country. From every mountainside, let freedom ring, and if America is to be a great nation, this must become true. So let freedom ring. As for the enemies of freedom, those who are potential adversaries, they will be reminded that peace is the highest aspiration of the American people. We will negotiate for it, sacrifice for it. We will not surrender for it now or ever. We are Americans. This is Always Right Radio on AM 1420, The Answer. Here's your host, Bob France. Yes, indeed. And a good morning to you. Eight minutes after the hour of nine o'clock and we're underway on a Monday. It's the 13th morning of the sixth month of the year of our Lord, 2022. Thank you so much for joining us. Coming up in about a half an hour, Congressman Jim Jordan will join us. He has been on fire over the last few days. Really, over the last few weeks, well, okay, over the last month and a, or year and a half, rather, of the Brandon administration, but now specifically on due process being denied Americans by way of a new gun control bill being agreed upon by Democrats and Republicans in the United States Senate. So Jim Jordan will join us to talk, will, will join us to talk about that. He is also very, very upset, confused, uh, angry about what's going on with the January 6th theater production. That's exactly what it is. It's a theatrical production, and it is, um, it is, um, it's, it's crime. If I may say so, I think it is a criminal activity, and I think Jim Jordan might agree with that. It's a criminal activity, what they are doing uh, in that January 6th committee hearing, which is going to be, the next one is going to be this morning, uh, because they are completely and wholly dishonest, including 
their refusal to provide true statements, including the refusal to provide context of text messages that they are presenting as evidence between Jim Jordan and the co-founder of the House Freedom Caucus, Mark Meadows. So he's fired up about all of those things, and I cannot wait to let him uh, turn him loose. That'll be at 9.35 this morning. Then at 10.10, we are going to do something that really needs to be done and not enough people are doing. We're going to pay attention to our southern border. It has just almost gone ignored over the course of the last, I don't know, couple of months, I guess. One of the most fundamental threats to our sovereignty, to our, you know, this, this democratic republic that we live in, is its border being erased. And we stopped paying attention to it. Not, 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 not literally, <clears throat> but it has just been so over, uh, overwhelmed by the other news of $5 a gallon, of 8.6% uh, month-over-month uh, inflation rates, of you know baby formula shortages, of wars, of gun gun uh, control laws, and all of these other things that have been going on have taken our eyes off of the southern border, because that the southern border continues to be an absolute disaster. Record numbers of people coming in, record numbers of drugs coming in, record numbers of weapons, record numbers of human trafficking being conducted. All of these things are going on, and nobody's paying attention to it. We will. We're going to be talking to a very special guest, Ron Vitello is the former acting director of U.S. Immigration and Customs Enforcement, that's ICE, former deputy commissioner of Customs and Border Patrol, and the chief of U.S. Border Patrol. Ronald Vitello will join us to talk about the real threat that's going on at the border right now and what uh, Joe Biden has planned for illegal aliens brought into the United States. And that plan, by the way, I'll just give you a spoiler alert here, is to bring the illegal migrants in deeper into the United States, into the mainland United States, than ever before. That's the reality. They're going to plan, they're going to send them deeper into, so in other words, places where nobody will know where they are and what their status is, and they'll never have to come back and and sit for um, asylum hearings. The DHS Southwest Border Coordination Center, uh, is coordinating the attempt to use federal funding to send migrants to shelters in L.A. and Albuquerque and Houston and Dallas, but that's just down in the border states. But they're going to send send people to uh, Washington. They're going to send people to the Midwest. They're going to send people to the Northeast. They're going to send them everywhere. In other words, what Jim Jordan and many others have said numerous times is true, and that is all states are border states now. We're all border states. Because the migrants are not just flooding, you know, New Mexico, Arizona, Texas, California. They are really literally being brought to all states. So Jim Jordan will join us at 935. Ron Vitello will join us at 1010. You can join me whenever you're ready at 216-901-0945 or 888-281-1110. Now, before we do anything else, I would ask you, if you are a patriot, would you please stand wherever you may be? Find a flag to look at wherever you may be. If you're driving, you don't have to stand, but you might have a flag. A lot of people are putting things in their cars, at the rearview mirrors, on their dashboards. But if you've got a flag, please go ahead and join us in our Pledge of Allegiance. If you are a supporter of everything I just said, if you are a supporter of attacking and threatening and harassing and intimidating Supreme Court justices on what might be the day of the announcement of the rollback of Roe versus Wade, if you are a believer in attacking the government, one-third of the government, because you don't like a bill that they, or, a, or a decision that they make, well, then that flag is not something you really put much value in anyway. 
you are exempted from having to pledge your allegiance to it. As for Take a knee, if you would. Just go ahead and take a knee. Just get out of the way. Take a knee next to your favorite ex-quarterback. For the rest of us, however... I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the republic for which it stands, one nation, under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. Okay, so let's dive right into some of this. Um, And I want to start with the shutdown. The shutdown of the Supreme Court. And I want to point out some obvious ironies here. Well, a... Re, a uh, an optimistic person would call them ironies. A more reasonable, cynical person would call them hypocrisies. As the left continues to clutch their pearls over the riot that happened at the Capitol, and don't get me wrong, I'm not suggesting that the riot at the Capitol was in any way, shape, or form justified or okay. It was not. I said it at the time, I said it the next day, and I said it today, and I've said it every, every day since January 6th, that people who broke in, people who broke... Things, you know, committed vandalism, people who stole things, and anybody who committed any kind of violent attacks on anybody should all face the law. And it should be fair, it should be reasonable, it should be treated like everybody else who breaks the law. But we will not condone that, I don't condone that. Having said that, however, the left is clutching the pearls and acting like it's literally the worst thing since, speaking of pearls, Pearl Harbor, they talk about it being one of the worst things since uh, the Civil War, 9-11, all of these things. This is an attack on our democracy. How dare you attack the Capitol, the hallmark of our, of our, of our democracy, the, the, the place where laws are passed, the place where legislation is written, the place where, place where rights are conferred upon people. All of these great things, right? It's an attack on democracy, they said. While they're holding the latest episode of Kabuki Theater that is the January 6th hearings about the quote-unquote attack on the Capitol, what they call an insurrection. It's not, but it's what they call it. While they whine and lament and moan and complain about this attack on democracy, what else are they doing? They have their minions ready to attack democracy by attacking the United States Supreme Court. At first, just by blocking it off. After that, after the decision is announced this morning, which it could very well be, it's not a guarantee, that we're less than an hour away from the announcement of Supreme Court decisions. Today is a decision announcement day. It's not a guarantee that they're going to make this uh, announcement today, but they will definitely do it by the end of the month. But as they get prepared to make this announcement... The Shutdown D.C. group, it's a, it's a legitimate group, it's an organization, they've got a website. Shutdown D.C. is planning to blockade the streets around the Supreme Court to stop the court from operating, to literally stop people from getting to the court, to do their job. Not just the, the, the justices themselves, but the clerks, the staffers, the security people, and so on and so forth. They're literally blockading everything. At least that's the goal. Left-wing group is hosting a shutdown SCOTUS protest on June 13th, that's now, with plans to blockade the streets surrounding the court in light of a potential decision that could overturn Roe v. Wade. The group Shutdown DC announced the protest on its website. It will begin at 7 a.m. It's underway now. As part of the shutdown SCOTUS protest, the group will blockade the streets around the Supreme Court um, to rise up, and this is a quote from their website, 
for the transformative change that our communities need. Right now, our political system is in crisis, they say. Times of crisis can either be opportunities to break through the inertia and win transformational change, or they can be opportunities for the establishment to further entrench the status quo. According to the website, the group chose June 13th since it is one of the Supreme Court's opinion issuance days. The protest will consist of smaller affinity groups of up to 20 people per group, and each group having a jail support liaison who can be they, that they can meet, um, or I'm sorry, that will meet arrested folks when they are released. Organizers of the protest are also encouraging attendees to wear masks. Now, is that because of COVID concerns? outdoors or is it because they don't want to be identified as they break laws and maybe other things <laughs> the same group also held a vigil outside the supreme court justice samuel alito's home on may 9th in response to the leaked draft supreme court decision which could overturn roe versus wade justice alito's draft opinion that would overturn roe is beyond alarming they write it would not allow uh, not only allow states to outlaw abortion Are you ready for this which is already de facto unavailable to many who need it, particularly people from marginalized communities, but could also be used to allow states to outlaw contraception, same-sex marriage, protections for LGBTQ folks, and even interracial marriage. The website states, the evening of Monday, May 9th, we will hold a vigil for all of these rights that Alito is threatening to take away. So they started there with their uh, extraordinary, extraordinarily illegal um, harassment, intimidation, protesting outside the homes of Supreme Court justices. But now, of course, it has gotten a lot worse since Brett Kavanaugh's life has been threatened, uh, his family. Uh, there's a bill before the Congress that is supposed to be passed with unanimous consent to protect not only the justices but their family members. But the irony of this, or again, if I want to be more honest and more more legitimate, the hypocrisy of this, complaining about the attempt to shut down, if you will, the operation of the the uh, Capitol on January sixth, as that protest got out of hand and got it and became a riot, just like so many quote unquote protests in the summer of twenty twenty got out of hand and became riots, and maybe that was always the plan, but who knows? Um, as as they continue to hold those hearings about that, right now they are planning protests that will absolutely turn into riots if this if this uh, uh, opinion is offered by the court today. And you know what? It's a legitimate concern. So much so that I ask you this question. I'll ask you this question to wrap the monologue for the morning. Do you think Do you think that it's possible that the justices themselves having had their lives threatened, Brett Kavanaugh's much more specifically and attempted um do you think that the court members given the fact that they've all been threatened, and also out of concern for their country, knowing that after George Floyd, which is very, very different than Roe versus Wade, but knowing that after just the death of a career criminal drug addict named George Floyd, while in the custody of Minneapolis police, led to a summer of rioting unlike any we've seen probably, well, I don't know, at least in 50 years, maybe longer. Maybe longer. Riots. From one end of the country to the other, in big city after big city, including in Cleveland. We saw all of those things happen in the summer of 2020. And based on what we're hearing, 
about what is planned if this Roe leak that we found out about, that was leaked illegally, if it becomes reality and that opinion is released and Roe versus Wade is overturned, it's going to make those 2020 riots look like a neighborhood festival. It's going to look like just a neighborhood festival. The kids are on merry-go-rounds and the parents are eating ice cream and, and, uh, and uh, elephant ears and everybody's having a good time. That's how it's going to look. Do you think that the justices, fearing for their, their own safety, the safety of their families, and maybe bigger picture the safety of the country, that they sit on this opinion? Chief Justice John Roberts has made no secret of the fact that he would like to delay this opinion. John Roberts is squishy. John Roberts has no intestinal fortitude. John Roberts does not surprise me because he's probably voting uh, in this opinion in favor of keeping Roe versus Wade in place. But he has said that essentially he does not want this uh, decision to come out right now. He thinks it's going to be too dangerous. Do you think that as a body they say we are not releasing an opinion on Roe versus Wade right now? In this case, it's Dobbs versus Mississippi. But we're not going to do this because of fear of violence, deaths, injuries, property damage, business closures, and so on and so forth across the country. Because the left has essentially said that's what we're doing. We will not accept this, they're saying. We will do whatever it takes to stop this opinion from being released. Do you think it will have an impact on those justices? 216-901-0945, 888-281-1110. Two one six nine zero one zero nine four five triple eight two eight one eleven ten. It's nine twenty three. Quick time out. This is always right radio on on AM fourteen twenty. The answer. Okay, it's nine twenty seven. Always right radio online. Always right us. New stories are posted up there right now. Check them out when you start your day every day. Top of the mind conservative news and views available for you at uh, alwayswrite.us. Let's go to the phones. We'll go to Westlake. Vince, you're on AM 1420, The Answer. Hi, Vince. Go ahead, sir. Morning, Bob. Thanks for taking my call, as always. You bet. I, I, you know, something like this just leaves you speechless. Number one, it's just the you know, hypocrisy of the left. Um, they're sitting up there wringing their hands, clutching their pearls, as you like to say, about the January 6th. And yet, George Floyd and you know hundreds of other riots and looting and robbing and burning and killing and that, you know, it goes unnoticed, unpaid attention to, nothing said about it. And to answer your question, do you think the Supremes or any of the Supremes will back down, change their mind, everything else? I literally, Bob, am literally praying right now to God that they don't, because if they back down on this section, or on this situation, rather, if they back down on this, it's it's over. I mean, it's, we're we're on the brink as it is teetering on the brink of that. And it's just we hand everything over to the radical left wing, and they they know that they got us right now. So I, well, I yeah, hope they and, don't. And think think about Vince. What message it sends if they do? If they Correct. do this, every all, the left just looks at each other in in shock and says it worked. Holy cow, we stopped the Supreme Court of the United States by threatening to burn the country down. It worked. Every time they have something they don't like, a piece of legislation or an outcome or whatever... Um, this is, they're going to say, this is what we have to do. We have to threaten them all with death. We have to uh, send hitmen outside of their homes. We need to protest right, outside right. their homes. We need to do whatever we have to do because it worked. If it worked once, it'll work and again. How, how do they, again. And how, how do they get away with, how do they get away with shutting down streets, shutting down the, the, uh, the uh, Supreme Court, surrounding Justice's house, which is against the law. 
I mean, you have chronicled that. How many times in the past couple of weeks have you cited the sections, the codes, and everything else about that, how illegal it is and unlawful it is, and yet they just do nothing about it. And then every time I turn on the TV or hear a radio clip about these godforsaken people that are sitting up there, the eight or nine, whatever it is, on the, on the January 6th committee, it's like, I'm, I'm speechless. I just have no idea how they can get away with it. Yeah, well, thank laws, you, the laws don't count. Thanks for the call, Vince. Laws don't count in the era of Democrats. When Democrats are in power, laws don't count unless they decide they do, depending on what the law is and whom is at the center of it. But the re- reality of the situation is with Joe Biden in power, with the Democrats in control of the House and in the Senate, which they all have right now, laws don't matter. They'll let them block streets. They'll let them uh protest and threaten and intimidate and harass at Supreme Court justices' homes, they won't do anything because then that they run the risk of angering their base. These are their voters, for crying out loud. The people who are there protesting outside these uh, 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 justices' homes, the ones who are firebombing churches and pro-life uh, health centers, pregnancy centers, the ones that are doing all of these things, these are the Democrats' core voters. These are their voting base members. That's why they're not going to go ahead and call the police on them. They're not going to have anything done to enforce the law. But you're right, by the way, it's 18 U.S. Code 1507 that says it, and uh, no one seems to care about it. We'll take a time out here for news. We'll come back. Jim Jordan will join us. We'll take more of your phone calls as well. Always Right Radio on AM 1420 The Answer. Enlightening the sleeping masses and stoking the fire of the American dream. Always Right Radio with Bob France on The Answer. We've heard time and time again, Madam Speaker, that the Democrats say this is not a violation of due process, not a violation of, the, of, of our constitutional rights. It most certainly is. Remember the basics here. Someone doesn't like you. They file a complaint. There is a hearing within 24 hours, a hearing that you're not allowed to attend. You're not allowed to be there to face your accusers. The government takes your gun or guns. Several days later, there's a real hearing. Well, a real hearing with a lower standard. The burden of proof for the government is not beyond a reasonable doubt to deny you your constitutional right. It's a clear and convincing standard. So a lower standard to take away your fundamental liberty when you didn't commit any crime. If that's not a violation of due process, I do not know what is. Nor do I. That was Congressman Jim Jordan on the floor of the House on Friday. You just found out over the weekend that the Senate has come to an agreement on their side on a set of principles, not actual legislation, no language written, but on a set of principles that would um, be the strongest gun control package that has passed this uh, Congress in decades. Not this Congress, but the Congress in decades. Ten Republicans crossed over to join this uh, uh, on this pad to join the Democrats on this package that would include what Jim Jordan was just describing: red flag laws. Congressman Jordan joins us now on AM fourteen twenty. The answer for more on this. Good morning, sir. How are you? I'm talking about, how are you doing? I'm doing all right, except that I'm like you. I'm very, very disturbed by the attack on our rights. People seem to think that the Second Amendment just disappears because something terrible happens. Our rights are being stripped away from us. And ten members of our shared party, yours and mine, on the Senate side are going along with this. And I don't understand it, Congressman. Yeah. Well, it makes no sense, and you're absolutely right. This is a direct infringement on due process liberty, on Second Amendment liberty. Um, 
And frankly, what they're proposed, this package, this, this framework or whatever it is, even if all that stuff would pass, it wouldn't have done anything to stop the tragedies that we've seen in Buffalo or, or, or Uvalde. Um, <clears throat> so not only does it not help, not, not only does it, does it infringe on people's liberties, it wouldn't have helped the situation that, that the tragic situations that took place in, in those, uh, those communities. So, um, I don't know what these United States senators are thinking, particularly the, the Republicans. They're supposed to, you know, de- defend Americans' liberties, but, um, looks like they're going to go along with this. I hope. There's a change of heart, and I hope it doesn't pass. Well, some of them said, uh, paraphrasing, we don't have the language yet. So we have to see what the language looks like. If the language is not acceptable, they they will say, I I do not support it. But they are just in agreement on principle. Uh, They're not going to ban assault weapons, as they call them, assault weapons. They're not going to agree to an 18- to uh, 21-year-old increase in age requirement. They are saying that if you are under 21, there will be more enhanced or expansive background checks to see if you can get one of those. So there are some things that, you know, you're never going to get away with everything you want here. There are some things that you might just have to give in on. But, Congressman, I am not giving in on red flag laws. This is fundamental due process. I talked to you about this before many times. It's what happened with President Trump in the second impeachment. They did it without due process, and that's what made it a joke from the start. It's what led to the end of the career of Anthony Gonzalez and and others, because you cannot do this to to, to citizens without giving them a chance to defend themselves in court. Right. We're we're used to to Democrats... uh... Uh, not adhering to due process. As you point out, we saw it in the first impeachment hearing. President Trump was denied due process. They had the hearings in the ba- uh, the bunker in the basement of the of the Capitol. Uh, we weren't allowed to call in our witnesses. But, uh, and then, right. then during the hearings, we weren't allowed to bring in our hearings. The president wasn't allowed to have his attorney in those in those depositions like it had been in the, the case in, uh, all, all the time before. And then, of course, we're seeing lack of due process with this January 6th committee. Republicans aren't even allowed on the committee. So there's no opportunity... To, to depose, see the evidence or present a case, uh, you only get one side of the story. Right. That is what's going to happen now with this, this red flag law, because like I said in my remarks on the floor, someone doesn't like you, they file a complaint, and within 24 hours there's a hearing that you're not allowed to be at, <clears throat> and you can lose, excuse me, you can lose your liberty right away. And then you've got, you got between 72 hours and a couple weeks where there is a hearing, <clears throat> and you can, you can present evidence, the burden, though, as I said on the floor, the burden is lower for the government to keep. So they can take your rights from you where you can't be at a hearing for you to get them back. The standard is lower uh, for, for you to get your second limit, uh, liberties back and get your firearms back. That, that is not how America is supposed to work. Um, and they're going to do it by bribing states to enact those kind of laws. That, uh, the, the, the House passed the federal red flag law, which was really bad. But now what the Senate is talking about, at least my understanding, is they're going to bribe the states. Yeah. You pass those kind of laws. Exactly that. That's exactly the right word, because it's going to be just like what they're doing right now. If you don't allow little boys into little girls' bathrooms, we're not going to give you funding for school lunches. Poor kids can starve if you don't let little boys into little girls' bathrooms. So it's the same yeah. thing here. You will not get federal funding for A, B, C, D, E, or F, or whatever it is, if you don't enact the red flag laws that we called for yep. in this Senate package. That That's exactly so- what they're doing. It's always the way the left operates. They use your money to go against your position, and that's what they're doing here. They've done it for, for so long. Take your tax dollars, use it to, to help elect. A lot of times it gets funneled back to C4 or, or C, these, these, these not-for-profit or C3 organizations. They use your money to help elect people against your positions and your, your, your beliefs. Now they're doing the same thing with, uh, 
with the school lunch program, as you talked about, and, of course, this red flag law. All right. I mentioned the lack of due process in the second impeachment of Donald Trump. You mentioned it in the first. Now let's talk about it in the third. And that is exactly what these hearings are. This is another impeachment of Donald Trump. And in this case, instead of trying to remove him from office, it is to try to stop him from running again. I I, I kind of termed it this way on Friday after we kind of saw what happened on Thursday night. And I didn't watch it live. I was like most Americans. Nobody really watched it. Um... But I found out everything that went on there. And, Congressman, you know, I don't think there's ever been a court in American history. And I know this is a congressional hearing and not an actual trial, but there were nine prosecutors on that stage, nine prosecutors allowing no defense representation whatsoever. You and Jim Banks might have been the defense representation, or you might have just asked questions about things they didn't want asked, like Nancy Pelosi's refusal to secure the Capitol when they got word ahead of time that there might be some violence, there might be some clashes between dueling protest groups, whatever. But there's nine prosecutors up there and zero defense attorneys, and they put it on TV with an ABC News producer making it friendly for TV so everybody can just consume all of the junk that they are throwing out there, absent context, and again, absent challenge from the other side uh, of this attack. I've never seen anything like yeah. it. Yeah, you, there's no cross-examination. There's no, there's no ability to impeach the witness, to, to, to cross-examine a witness, and present an adversarial type of relationship or present a different side of the case. It just, we, we, it never operates that way until the last three years. They did it in 2019. They did it uh, with the impeachment of President Trump and they're doing it now. So until this point, we've always had that kind of, that kind of, no other committee on Capitol Hill, no other committee on Capitol Hill do you only have one side. Every single committee, if the majority party gets more members because they're the majority party, but the minority party always gets <clears throat> representation, and they always get a chance to bring in witnesses for hearings and cross-examine all the witnesses who were, in fact, brought in, except with this January 6th committee. So now, in spite of all that, in spite of the fact that they had hundreds of witnesses, thousands of hours of testimony, no, no, no due process, no, no, no cross-examination, I don't know that we learned anything new. I don't know that we le- learned anything we didn't already know. So <clears throat> that's what I think the, the real takeaway was. At least that was my takeaway on Thursday night. Well, I, I saw you uh, with uh, Maria Bartiromo on Sunday Morning Futures, too, Congressman Jordan. You talked also, again, what we've talked about before when you found out it when we first saw this. This committee altered evidence. They literally fabricated yeah. evidence by, by, yeah. by, by altering it, editing it, text messages between yourself and Mark Meadows. And you proved it. It was, it's, it's been proven, but yeah. there's nobody to present that on national TV Thursday night. There's nobody that's right. going to present that information. <laughs> you know, all of this, you know, the facts of the situation this morning in their next hearing. So the question is, is again, how, how can anything that they say or do be trusted when they are willing to lie and fabricate ev- uh, evidence? Yeah, this is the, this is the boy who cried wolf. I mean, so many times you get caught leaking information, lying about information, so much so that the committee had to issue a statement where they said, we regret the air, as I pointed out many times. When they said, we regret the air, that's government speak for we got caught lying. So at some point you got to say, what, what, what is, is this really, can you trust anything that comes out of this group? Um, so yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll see what, how it takes out. There's another hearing schedule here for a few minutes, uh, this morning. And, uh, you know, we'll see what's next. But I think that's the reason. And again, the American people, there's a reason that, uh, Bob, that seven out of 10, more than seven out of 10 of our fellow citizens think the country's on the right track or on the wrong track. They think that because it is. I mean, everything has gotten worse under this administration. And I think that's where most Americans' concerns, uh, truly lie, not with, not with, you know, this, this committee and, and information we got Thursday night that well. we already 
one could argue that's the whole reason they went prime time with this thing because well, you know every American is looking at their at their budget. They're looking at their checkbook. They're saying, "Here's the deposit from last week's paycheck from work. Here's what we had to pay for the mortgage or the rent. Here's what we had to pay for the insurance, the car, blah blah blah." And they're looking at it. They're going, "We are, we don't have enough to cover this. If we have to fill yeah. the tanks enough to get to and from work, much less anything social, if we have to fill the gas tanks at five bucks a gallon, we've got to cut something somewhere." And and they don't want Americans looking at that. They don't want Americans looking at eight. 0.6% inflation We it was announced on Friday. The $5 gallon yeah. gas, we finally breached that threshold. The baby food shortage. Oh, they don't want anybody focusing on those things, so they're saying, look at how bad Donald Trump and the Republicans are. We'll put it on primetime yeah. TV just to take your mind off of it. Yeah. It's, it's, I think it's worse than 8.6%. It sure feels that way, I think, for families across this this uh, country. You know, it's five. I saw yesterday's $5.09 a gallon in, in little old St. Paris, Ohio, our hometown. Um, so, yeah, this is the worst tax ever. The inflation tax is the worst tax you can put on families, put on Americans. And think about this. Joe Biden wants to raise taxes in addition to the worst taxes already been placed on American people, the 41-year high inflation rate. That's how bad this situation is. So, yeah, they got nothing else to talk about. They can't talk about a border that's no longer a border. They can't talk about the 41-year high inflation rate. They can't talk about $5 gas. And they can't talk about crime up in every major urban area. So uh, what are they going to do? They're going to talk about January 6th, and frankly, they're going to come after your fundamental liberties, which they've been doing for a year and a half, going after the First Amendment. Now they're adding the Second Amendment with this crazy package that the Senate is uh, talking about passing. And no question about it. Uh, let's let's move on to one other issue. Um, th- this new caravan that was forming that was supposed to be ten to 15,000 strong is being broken up. Mexico has allowed all of these people to stay in Mexico, which makes it sound like, hey, that's great news. But all it means is they are going to be shuffling them across in smaller groups than they were before. And the Biden administration's response is, uh, well, it's not really a response, but uh, we, we're getting the information that the Biden administration plans to move these people deeper into the United States states than ever before they're not going to keep them down there in the border states they're coming to ohio they're coming to the northeast they're coming to the midwest they're coming everywhere and the federal government is going to spread them out and disperse them throughout the united states when if ever is this administration going to restore sovereignty by by restoring the the southern border they're not because this is what they want it's intentional we all know it's intentional because i mean they, they've in essence said that. Remember, remember, Mayorkas said we are executing our plan. Their plan is to intentionally allow as many illegal uh, migrants to come into our country as as they, as they can. Remember, on day one, they said there was a moratorium on on any type, uh, any deportation. They got rid of Remain in Mexico policy. They ended the agreements with the Northern Triangle uh, countries, and they stopped building the wall. So now, what they're saying to the to the to the world is. If you come to America, don't worry. There's no wall to get over. You don't have to wait in Mexico, and we'll release you to wherever you want to go in the United States. And you wonder why everyone's showing up and coming in. So this is intentional. Secretary Mayorkas, when he told us a year ago that we are executing our plan, he was saying, you know, the old the old line, he was saying the quiet part out loud, that's what they're doing. And their plan is to intentionally allow any illegal migrant they want to come into the country. And, you know, Congressman, we need to point this part out just for the sake of consistency and also to point out their opposite of that, which is their hypocrisy. They're screaming about we need these gun control laws. We need to ban this. We need to raise the age of that and so on and so forth because the children, the children, the children. What about children's lives? Look at all these children are dying from gun, gun, uh, from, uh, gun violence. 
Opioid overdose deaths among teenagers have skyrocketed to record highs. I'm quoting ABC News from April. So it's very fresh. This is two months old. Fentanyl associated with 77% of adolescent overdose deaths in 2021. 77%. And where is the fentanyl coming from, Congressman Jordan? Yep. It's coming from China up through up through Mexico across our southern border. And it seems to me, you, you hate to say this, but it, it seems to me that there's there's no real no real concern from the Biden administration whatsoever about that that this tragedy that's impacted so many families and so many communities. Um, like I said, you, you hate to think this, but remember, Secretary Morcus made two statements last year in the same hearing. He said the border is secure. And then right after that, he said, we're executing our plan. Now, the first statement is absolutely false. And the second statement, though, is completely true. And that, that's what's going on. That's, that's the nature of this administration. And it, it's, not just, it's not just that they are intentionally doing this on the border. They are intentionally doing this to the price of energy, which is the main driver of our inflation cost. They actually want five, six, seven, eight dollar gas. They told us that several months ago in a hearing where they went after every CEO from the from the oil and gas companies in that hearing, and Ro Khanna, a Democrat colleague of mine from uh, uh, from from San Francisco area, from the Bay Area, said, um, "Why won't you guys pledge to decrease production? Why won't you promise today that you'll decrease production?" I'm like, "Dude, do you want eight dollar gas?" And the truth is, they do. That is exactly what they want. So all this stuff is intentional to what they're doing with inflation, intentional to what they're doing with energy, intentional to what they're doing on our uh, southern border. Yeah, it, it really is. And I just wonder, you know, can you imagine how effective this could be if the if the Democrats in charge of the federal government right now, both the legislature and the and the, and the executive, if they actually put the same sort of effort into stopping fentanyl from getting into this country, the way they are trying to stop people from having guns and, and violating yeah. people's Second Amendment rights, if they actually put the same amount of effort into it, that border would be airtight. It would be locked down solid like it was under Donald Trump to a large extent. And all of these drugs that are getting in here and killing our kids. Congressman, I'm not kidding you. I'm looking at the numbers here. Overdose deaths in adolescents rose far more rapidly than any other demographic in the general population between 2019 and 2021. And this is according to their favorite place to quote, the CDC. And they are doing nothing about it. Can you? Do they care about kids or do they not? I guess that's the hypocrisy. Uh, You don't have to answer it because we know the answer, but uh, that's the hypocrisy that needs to be pointed out. They do or they don't, and it really depends on what helps them the most. Yeah, so. uh, we always end. We always end with some good news, and the and the and the good news is the country has figured this out. As I said before, there's a reason why 75 percent of the nation thinks we're on the wrong track. Mm-hmm. Greatest nation in history. On that many of our citizens think we're on the wrong track, and that's because they recognize just how bad these things, these policies are. That Joe Biden literally has not done one thing right. And I don't say that just because I'm a conservative Republican. I say that because that's just objectively looking at. It. Tell me what he's pick the area. Your liberties, the border, crime. Inflation, energy, foreign policy. Tell me what's tell me what's going right. None of those policy areas is anything going right. Everything is a disaster, and the country understands that. So um, the good news is, I do think a change is coming, but it's you know five months away. Yeah, exactly right. We just got to keep plugging along until we get there. Congressman Jim Jordan, thank you so much for the time, sir. We appreciate it. You bet. Thank you, Bob. There's Jim Jordan, ranking member of the Judiciary Committee on the House side. He's working very hard on all of these things, the gun issue, uh, the uh, uh, January 6th issue, the border issue, and, yes, the inflation issue as well. Quick time out. Right back. More calls. Always Right Radio on AM 1420, The Answer.
You and I have a rendezvous with destiny. We'll preserve for our children this, the last best hope of man on earth, or we'll sentence them to take the last step into a thousand years of darkness. Welcome to Always Right Radio with Bob France on AM 1420. The answer. Hour number two underway now, nine minutes past 10 o'clock. Thanks for being with us on Always Right Radio online at alwaysright.us. On air, AM 1420, The Answer. Appreciate you being with us. So as I said kind of last half hour, you know, we're, we're watching inflation like we've never seen it before. It's four, a 41-year high. The 8.6% doesn't even begin to touch it. The consumer price index is different than the uh, manufacturer's inflation. Theirs is around 11, 12, 13, 14, 15%. And of course, individual goods, we are seeing it 20, 30, and 40% higher, depending on what they are. So we're all trying to struggle, or struggling rather just to survive our monthly budgets. You can't fill up your tank without taking out a loan. I mowed the lawn yesterday and felt guilty about it. I was like, we better let it grow another couple of inches because I can't fill that tank, the one in the lawnmower, as often as I I was before because it's like liquid gold. Moms can't feed their babies. There's no formula. I mean, we are talking about some seriously dire straits. And because there's gun control fights going on in the U.S. Congress. They're ready to, 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 to rush and destroy the Supreme Court. They're threatening to kill Supreme Court justices over Roe versus Wade. We had all this stuff going on, and people forgot about the border. They forgot. I covered the border, and I will be in Washington, D.C. in September for holding their feet to the fire. Uh, I try to go there every single year on broadcast so we can shine a huge spotlight on the issue involving U.S. sovereignty, uh, the extraordinary amount of drugs, uh, gangs, human trafficking, weapons, and everything else smug- smuggled across that border. It's a big deal to me. But really, in recent weeks, nobody's paying attention to the border anymore. And all they do is they keep on coming. By the thousands, they keep on coming. April was the single largest month uh, of border encounters in history. And you know which one it broke? Marches. It just continues to get worse, and nobody's paying attention. And that's why I want to welcome Ron Vitello to our program. Ron is the former acting director of U.S. Immigration Customs Enforcement. That's ICE. We've talked to Tom Holman, who held that same role. Uh, former de- Deputy Commissioner of the U.S. Customs and Border Protection, and also the Chief of the United States Border Patrol back in 2017. He joins us now on AM 1420, The Answer. Ron, thank you for the time this morning. How are you, sir? Thank you, Bob. Good to be on Always Right Radio. Doesn't it feel like this is a crisis situation that's not being treated like a crisis anymore because it's been surpassed, or at least just in terms of recency? It might not be surpassed in terms of importance, but in terms of recency with, with current events that people have kind of, uh, kind of taken their foot off the gas, if you will, and their demand that something be done to secure our border? I agree with that. There's so much going on. There's, such, there's so many things to react to. I will tell you that, as you were describing, this is the worst surge of illegal migration across the U.S.-Mexico border than we've ever seen. Um, And that includes both of our lifetimes and the history of that border. You know, the Border Patrol in a couple of years is going to be 100 years old. They've never been faced with this kind of challenge. You can imagine the stress of DHS employees and their families knowing full well that this administration brought to them the worst border surge in the history of the border. 
you know, these migrants are showing up at the border wearing T-shirts saying, thank you, Mr. Biden, and let us in, and you promised, because he did. He rolled out a red carpet there and said, get here. All you got to do is get here. Once you get here, we're going to turn you loose. We're going to give you free transportation into the interior of the United States. And we may or may not give you a date that you're supposed to return to a courtroom to have your asylum hearing held. Um, and, and they know full well they don't have to, because all they have to do is disappear within the system. I mean, so they're right. Uh, this is a, this is an invited border surge. You, you can't even call it an invasion when you invite people, can you? Correct. And and this is all self-induced. Uh, when this administration took over less than 18 months ago, they had a 30-year low in activity at the southwest border. Uh, day one of this administration, they changed the incentives. They began encouraging the entire third world to send their children, bring their children, or come to the southwest border immediately. And they said it wasn't a crisis for many, many weeks. Then they said, oh, this happens all the time. They continued to obfuscate and lie about what's going on down there. Um, and now we, we see the results of it. The whole third world knows to come to the U.S.-Mexico border now because you're more than likely not to be encountered by the border patrol because more than 50% of them are doing the vital job of booking and taking into custody those folks that are coming to the border and being apprehended. Many of them will never be apprehended. Many of them will never be seen by law enforcement authorities at the border. Uh, and then many of them who are taken into custody because of this administration's reluctance to enforce the law won't be sent back into Mexico, won't be sent back because of Title 42. But, the, but in fact, they'll be released into the United States. And that just encourages everybody else to come. They'll call back home and tell everybody, now is the time. Well, you know what's really dangerous about this, uh, Ron, and if you can speak to this, I'd appreciate it. It's not just the third world people that are coming across. You know, we, we tend to see, I shouldn't say we tend to, but a lot of people just see these border crossers as all being just hungry people in, in third world lands who are looking for an opportunity and, you know, a little bit of heartstrings being tugged. But you know what? They're not just coming from third world countries. I think I saw, it was toward the end of last year, that over 150 countries had been verified where illegals have crossed across that border from 150 of the 195 or so recognized countries in the world. So they're coming from every continent, and they're just going down there to, you know, the, the triangle countries and kind of becoming part of caravans or whatever they have to do to come up through Mexico to get here. So it's not just third-world migrant workers who are looking for an opportunity anymore. It's true. It, it includes people from China, from Russia, from Iran, from countries that don't have any goodwill to the United States. And so if you have hundreds of thousands, you know, 220-some thousand in April coming across the border, those are just encounters. Those are not the people who are escaping and evading border patrol. Those are just the people that were encountered. If you have in that 220-some thousand, if you have one or two people who intend to do harm to this nation, then, then that's an example of why we need to control this border. That, that's what happens. Inside of that 200-some thousand, um, there are discrete threats, people who are coming here to do us harm. We're talking to Ron Vitello, former acting director of ICE and uh, former chief of the U.S. Border Patrol. Before I talk more about the impact on us as American citizens, um, talk about your guys. You know, I, I, you said you can imagine what it's like for the agents and for the families, and I really can't. I try to. 
Um, you know, they, they, they have this record number of encounters, record number of arrests and stops and seizures and this and that and the other, but they cannot catch the gotaways. They cannot even try to chase them. They, they can't get on horseback, as we saw. You put them on horseback so they can try to patrol more of this, this vast expanse of unguarded uh, uh, border. And then they get accused of whipping the, the, you know, the migrants with the reins. So can you tell me what it's like for these guys and how helpless they must feel? Because, you know, their job is, is to stop these people, and, and they're not allowed to do that job. It's incredible. You don't have to take my word for it. You know, people always talk about morale, and I, I was in the agency for a long time, and I heard a lot about a lot of different things as it relates to uh, employee morale and such. This is the worst I've ever seen it, and you don't have to take my word for it. They retired more people left the Border Patrol last year in the single year uh, than ever in the history of the organization, which is almost 100 years old. And so these agents, anybody that's been in for more than five minutes knows that when you have the tools to send people back, when you change the incentives and you deport people who come here illegally that don't qualify for relief, you get fewer of them coming. You get less traffic. Uh, those tools were taken away from the crew that's working there now, and they know it was all self-inflicted. So they know full well that this problem could be solved uh, if somebody in the administration cared to have something besides an open border. So, yeah, they're, they're totally put upon. They're totally stressed out. And when it comes to CBP and the Border Patrol, and in many cases to ICE, they have no choice. Uh, they're, they're given the assignments that they're given. When they take these people into custody, there's a specific procedure under the law that must occur. They cannot say no to people because they're too busy. They can't zoom in or, or do Microsoft Teams into their job. They have to be present on the line, and they have to process those people specifically via the law. We're talking to Ron Vitello, former acting ICE director. He used to be the deputy commissioner as well of the U.S. Customs and Border Protection, chief of the Border Patrol. Um I was talking about this with Congressman Jim Jordan last segment. I wanted to get your opinion on it, too. You know, 19 children were obviously slaughtered in that horrific, horrific school shooting in Uvalde, Texas. And immediately, they're passing gun control laws, which to me would, I think, as a lot of observers have pointed out, it wouldn't have stopped that terrible shooting anyway. But they're like, we want to save kids. Save kids, save kids, save kids, save kids. Well, the same people who are screaming save kids by passing these gun control laws are completely ignoring this story. Over opioid overdose deaths among adolescents have skyrocketed due to fentanyl. In fact, um, deaths of of adolescents um, was, and I'm looking for the number and I can't seem to find the number, but it was astronomically higher than any other age demographic between 2019 and 2020 and 2021. And this fentanyl, you know, Ron, you know full well where it's coming from. And it's coming across that southern border. One would think if they care about kids as much as they seem to, whenever there's a terrible situation like the one in Uvalde, they would also care about the you know thousands and thousands of teenagers that are getting killed by fentanyl that's being brought over that border. Why won't they shut that border down to save the kids, right? It's a good point. There's so many inconsistencies with this ideology, with this administration. We saw what they did during the pandemic. They, they opened up the border. They destroyed any control that the, that the government had at the southwest border from the first day of this administration. Even though we were in the middle of a pandemic, just before all of us were vaccinated, they could care less about the status of vaccination that everybody came across that border. It is not a coincidence that hundreds of thousands of people are dying every single year from opioid overdose. These are people who think they're taking other drugs and, in fact, are encountering fentanyl, and that in very small doses. Um, is lethal. And so, yeah, they're completely inconsistent. 
completely hypocritical about trying to help people because they're not even helping the people in the pipeline. Many of these children and young people who are in this pipeline coming to the United States, they're going to be exploited by their corrupt government. They're going to be exploited by the cartel members and the smugglers that are that they have in their charge because those smugglers don't care about anything except the money that they're making. And these cartels are making money hand over fist while our economy crashes. They are stuffing their pockets literally with cash because of this endless flow of humanity because this administration has encouraged people to come to the border now. Ron Vitello, uh, tell me about Title 42. Uh, they want to end it. Uh, it, it. You know, it's not it's not a fix-all by any means, um, it, but it's a tool that has been used to tr- perhaps limit the amount of people that are being allowed to come into the United States on on health health grounds. You know, with uh, with um, uh, uh, COVID considerations. And Biden, of course, tried to lift it in early May. A judge blocked that lifting. If that happens, how much worse does this problem get? Well, it is the smallest check of the smallest part of the tool set that they have now. Right now, the Border Patrol under Title 42, if, if it was implemented the way it was done under the Trump administration, they could return people who are claiming asylum under the auspices of protecting us in the public health emergency called the pandemic. We all suffered and sacrificed for two years to make sure that we didn't spread this thing uncontrollably, uh, except at the South border. So Title 42 allowed the Border Patrol to quickly take somebody into custody, put them through the process, and quickly expel them back into Mexico. Less than an hour, if you think about the logistics, less than an hour with each of those people, sometimes 20 minutes or less, uh, put them back across the border. Once they end Title 42, which this administration has signaled that they wanted to do and but for the courts would have ended it um that's going to that's going to take that 20 minutes to over two hours to process folks and put them into proceedings and many of them again we talked about are going to be released and so logistically they're already overwhelmed there's no facility there's no border patrol station there's no temporary structure that has enough square footage enough uh staffing enough processing areas computer terminals to put people in the system, given what's going on now. If you take Title 42 away, it gets worse because you further back up the border patrol. So 50% of them now are not patrolling the border because of the traffic that they have to process inside of their facilities. And that's another 40% of them that won't be able to go out and patrol the border for us. Uh, and we're already behind in that equation, right? There's just not enough agents to deal with what's happening at this moment. If you could advise... Uh, the border czar, Kamala Harris, and, and we can just ignore who she is, and we know she doesn't care, and we know that they have no interest whatsoever in trying to stop what's going on. If you could advise a, a, a vice president or a border czar, somebody establishing border policy who actually cared about restoring sovereignty and gaining control of that border, what would be the top two or three things you would advise them to do, Ron? Well, let's talk about the politics for a second. Who voted for this? You know, what I would tell her is just tell the American people that you want to destroy the border and tell us what your end game is. Because right now what you've done is tell the whole world to come. And there's no way to stop it unless you change the, the law and the policy. And on the law and policy recommendations, we've stopped a surge on the southwest border in my career four or five times. It's done in only two ways so far. You detain people until they have their due process and they get a hearing from the judge. The judge makes a decision. If they give them relief, in fact, let them come into the United States, we welcome them. If not, they get sent back. If you hold people until they have their hearing, most of them won't come because most of them don't qualify for relief. The other time it was solved was under the last administration, the Migrant Protection Protocols, which was an agreement with Mexico 
based in U.S. immigration law that says if you come here, you claim asylum, you can wait in a safe third country to have your hearing, in this case, Mexico. That worked because people realized that if they weren't going to be released in the United States, they weren't going to send for their relatives. They weren't going to encourage more people to come. The incentive was on behalf of the government and the people. If you put us back in that cycle where people are either held or forced to wait in Mexico for their hearing, many of them will not even take this journey, this dangerous journey, dangerous for them, dangerous for the transit countries, dangerous for all of the folks that are involved, dangerous for us because they're sending them all over the United States. Uh, Ron Vitello, last question for you, and clarify this for me. What, what is it called? I, I, I once knew, and I maybe just forgot it. What is it called when somebody who is seeking asylum because of either political or religious or some other sort of oppression, uh, and they go into one country and they say, no, nah, this one isn't good enough, I want to go to the next one. They can't do that. They have to go to the country that is that is nearest them that provides relief. I can't remember what that's called, and why don't we enforce that? And I know, I know that President Trump did. That's what the Remain in Mexico policy was all about. If you're fleeing, you know, Honduras or El Salvador or anywhere else, if you're fleeing one of those countries and you find reprieve, if you find, you know, asylum in a country, you don't get to say, yeah, thanks, I appreciate it, but it's not nice enough here. I want to go somewhere else and get better asylum. Yeah, it's the safe third doctrine, right? If you come out of your country, maybe you're on your way to someplace else, but you land in a safe third country, under the law, you're required to ask for asylum there. So in the case of Guatemala, that would be Mexico. And, and, you know, we didn't enforce that on our southwest border for many, many years. It's because we didn't really need to do it. Um, but under the surge in 2019 and 2020, we were, it was out of control. It, the, the, the loopholes in the law have existed for quite some time, but the policy matters. And this administration reversed the policies that were working. That's why we're in the situation. You know, you hear the vice president talk about root causes in Guatemala and El Salvador. Fine. Let's have a dip- diplomatic relationship. Let's help them with their government, government and governance. Let's help them with corrupt activities. Let's, let's, let's make those investments. But that's not going to fix our southwest border. The root cause is what this administration did on day one, which was to remove all the tools that the Border Patrol had to help control that border. Ron Vitello, former acting director of ICE. Ron, will you be in D.C. in September for holding their feet to the fire? I live uh, just outside of D.C., yes. Perfect. I hope to I hope to talk to you and meet you in person there. I, I broadcast there from every, there every year. Well, we didn't do it do it during COVID, obviously, but holding their feet to the fire with Fair Federation for American Immigration Reform. We talked to people like yourself and Tom Holman and Tom Holman and so many others. So I hope to see you there. Hope to get you on the air personally. And thank you for the fight that you continue to wage on behalf of the American people. I appreciate it, Bob. Have a good thank day. Thank you so much. That's Ron Vitello, former acting director of ICE and the former chief of the U- U.S. Border Patrol. All right, uh, we're guest-free the rest of the way, so if you've been waiting to get in, this is the time to do it. 216-901-0945-888-281-1110 or sound off at alwaysright.us. We'll be back. W-H-K. Celebrating 100 years in Cleveland. Life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. Always Right Radio with Bob Frantz on The Answer. Ten thirty-seven. as we continue on AM 1420, The Answer, Always Right Radio, on alwaysright.us. Sound off on the sound off page if you can't wait on hold. If you can wait on hold, then get there. 216 901 
888-281-1110. The topics are myriad. There are a lot of them, seriously. If you want to talk about 501 a gallon natural, or excuse me, national average price per gallon right now, 8.6%. The month-over-month inflation rate. You want to talk about either one of those things. You want to talk about the gun control package. And, of course, you just knew. You just knew that Rob Portman was going to be one of the ten. Ohio's Republican Senator Rob Portman, one of ten Republicans to go along with the Democrats in the announcement yesterday of this new gun control package that would include red flag laws that are unconstitutional. You just knew he'd be a part of that. Going to have to talk to J.D. Vance very, very soon uh, about that because we need we need to do whatever has to happen to get uh, uh, squishy Rhino Rob Portman replaced by somebody a little bit stronger. Uh, and certainly not by uh, Tim Ryan. But uh, you know he would be a part of that, and you knew that there would be Republicans who would go along with this because they just feel, first of all, they just don't have any conservative principles as they pertain to the Constitution, as they pertain to the Second Amendment. And, you know, secondly, they, they just all they think about is where is the wind blowing? Where are the political winds blowing? What does that mean for my chance at reelection next time? And that is all it, or almost always, all it comes down to. So you want to talk about that? We can do that. You want to talk about the fact that they are gathering right now and blocking the streets around the Supreme Court. The protesters doing exactly what they promised they would do. This group called Shutdown D.C. has successfully blocked several intersections this morning after previously having posted its plans to do so to rise up for the transformative change that our communities need. They say we have successfully split off into different groups to hold multiple intersections. Their goal is to avoid anybody from getting to the Capitol, including the justices and those who work there, because they don't want the announcement to be able to be made. And they'll stop at nothing to stop it. Their devotion to killing pre-born babies is unlike anything that you can even imagine. I think it was Ben Shapiro who said, and I've had this quote on my webpage at alwayswrite.us for a while now. Uh, Ben Shapiro said, back in May, find you someone who loves you the way the left loves killing babies. And it's true, because they love it so much they'll do anything. They'll threaten to kill Brett Kavanaugh to, to, to be able to kill, keep killing babies. They will shut down the Supreme Court if it means they can continue to kill babies. Think about the path, passion that they have for killing babies and what they're willing to do at the same time that their colleagues are complaining and crying and whining that democracy is under attack because of the riot at the Capitol building. They are literally, literally scheduling to shut down or planning and carrying out a plan to shut down a third of the government, the courts, the Supreme Court. That's not an attack on democracy, really. Do you know what democracy is at all? The website, Shutdown DC, lists instructions for what protesters should do if they're arrested, including filling out a jail support form. There's also a form to sign up for an affinity group with an option for people who have been organizing protests at conservative justices' homes. The um, announcement is scheduled to come down. Well, there are a bunch of announcements, a bunch of decisions uh, that the court is supposed to issue today. We're not sure if the Dobbs versus Jackson Women's Health Organization in Mississippi, that's the one that will determine Roe's fate, is going to be announced today. But it's expected by many it will, which is why uh, they're trying to shut this whole thing down. 
It was supposed to, these these decisions were supposed to be handed out at around 10 o'clock. It's now 1041, so we're watching very closely to see what goes on as they continue. Um, and all of this, by the way, going on at the same time that over in the Capitol, uh, they are indeed holding that second public hearing uh, on the January 6th show. And it's, it's a show, and make no mistake about that. Okay, let's go back to the phones. We're going to go to Tanya and Akron. Hey, Tanya, thanks for your patience. Go right ahead. There you are. I got you. Um, What I want to talk about is education and churches. We need to get our kids one out of these schools because they're teaching nonsense and they have for the last 80 years. And you got to be serious about it. It's going to cost you something, but we can't let our kids keep being educated without understanding the, you know, loving the United States. And these NGOs, the NGOs are funding. The border, the NGOs are funding abortion, the NGOs are fund everything that we hate. There's a nonprofit that collaborates with a church or faith-based organization that has its foot on our neck. And we have to figure out where the money is and stop donating. No matter how good the cause sounds, because the Democrats always make every cause they sound so good that you know you want to support it. And it's killing us. Like, protect our kids. It's taking our guns. Stupid. We need to stop. And that's all I have to say. Well, I'll tell you what. I'm glad you said it. And thank you, Tanya, for the call. I I can't disagree with the words you said. Uh, You're exactly right. And I'll tell you something else. You said, you know, we've got to get these kids in churches and get them out of these schools. You know where else you need to get them out of? You need to get them out of the streets. Particularly if there's a pride parade going on. If you have not opened your eyes to the fact that Pride Month is grooming month, then I don't know what you're waiting for. I don't know what it's going to take. Pride Month is recruiting month, grooming month. I recall a time when being proud, when as it pertains to gay pride and the great gay pride movement, even before there was such a thing as a dedicated, quote, Pride Month, I recall a time when being proud just meant I'm not going to pretend to be straight. I'm gay and I'm proud of it. That's how they wanted to do it. Okay, whatever. I don't care. I didn't ask. You didn't ask me if I'm straight or gay. Uh, and I wish you wouldn't because it's nobody's business, but whatever. If you want to say, hey, I've got gay pride, fine. Be gay and be proud. I don't care. Who you choose to sleep with is an issue that's relevant to only you and the person or persons that you decide you're sleeping with. I don't care, right? But it used to be, all right, pride. Okay, fine. Be proud to be gay. Can I be proud of being straight, by the way? Can I be proud of being hetero, or is that a hate crime? I think it's a hate crime. If you say that you're proud to be straight, that's by insinuation, meaning you're ashamed of people who are gay. Oh, okay. If you're proud of being white, it means clearly that means you hate blacks, right? Yeah, okay. If you're proud to be a male, it means you obviously hate women, right? Yeah, that's how they do it. If you're proud of being a Christian or a Catholic, that means obviously you hate people who are Jews or Muslims. No, doesn't mean any of those things. The only people who are allowed to be proud anymore are the people who are doing the alternative lifestyles, or they are part of a minority group, either an ethnic minority group, a racist minority, racial minority group, rather, uh, or a religious minority group, or whatever. If you're part of majority, you're not allowed to be proud of that, or if you are, you're not allowed to say so. 
But as it pertains specifically to gay pride, it is not just about being proud of being gay anymore. Now it is, who can I bring along with me? Can we get the parents to bring their kids out to the parades while we put on our shows for them? Can I get the parents to bring the kids to the shows? Talking about the drag queen shows, the cross-dressing transvestite drag queen shows. And yes, that's what it used to be called. Somebody decided that was too harsh. That's not politically correct to say transvestite. Let's say transgender. Oh, okay. Crossdresser is a crossdresser. A tran is a tran, and that's what it is. And I didn't make it up. It's reality. But they're dragging these kids to these shows. And the kids are being just abused. Emotionally, mentally abused. They're flashing their crotches at children. They're taking kids to these parades, these gay pride parades, these LGBTQ Pride Day or Pride Month parades, and they're literally riding bicycles naked. They're crawling around on dog leashes with leather diapers on and studs. You got males uh, with beards, but but uh, showing breasts, or females with breasts wearing beards, whichever way the hell they're trying to do this. I don't know, but I'm just telling you what's out there. Any parent who cared at all about their children remaining innocent and, and not being poisoned by this stuff would run from these things. Instead, parents, in trying to be trendy and being woke, they take their kids to these, and they stand them there in front of them, and they say, look, see, you can be different if you want to be. Look how different those people are. Oh, they don't identify as people? Okay, well, whatever it is that they identify as. Things? Bees, fairies, and I say that word not as a slur, but I posted one of these. It was from TikTok. I posted it on my Truth Social account. There is one of these people who is talking about how they are, they have changed, this person has changed her pronouns, um, changed them from her and she, or the accurate pronouns, to they, them, and then said, Oh, nope, I've changed them again. Now I'm bee or fairy. Those are the pronouns that this person has chosen. This is how this person identifies the best. And they want people to know that this is the language that I prefer to you, you to use when you're addressing me. And they're going to tell children this is how you're supposed to talk to me. Listen to this. This is, this is a legitimate thing. I didn't make it up. I didn't, I didn't. Created. It was posted on TikTok by the actual user who looks like a biological male who thinks he's female, but I can't tell for sure. I do, it's very, very bizarre, but it doesn't matter because he doesn't want to be known as a he or she. He wants to be known as a bee, literally a bee, as in B-E-E, uh, the bumblebee, or a fairy, as the pronouns. Listen to this stuff. So you all wanted a new TikTok about how I use my new pronouns, which are bee and fairy so here we go i'm going to start off with these would be used exactly how you would use they them pronouns so instead of saying that's their coat you would say that is bee's coat or instead of saying they love themselves you would say bee loves bee self next up is fairy now stop before we get to fairy would you ever look at somebody or refer to somebody and say 
B loves B self. Would you do that? Should you have to do that? If you worked in a place where they, they told you that your coworker prefers to be called B self, would you say, hey, B self or hey, B? Or if your coworker prefers to be, uh, prefers to be referred to as fairy and fairy self, would you be okay with that? What if your job was on the line? Fairy is also used in the same way as they them. So instead of saying, that's their coat, you would say, that's fairy's coat. Again, instead of saying, they love themselves, you would say, fairy loves fairy self. Fairy loves fairy self. This is not what the quote-unquote gay pride mantra was supposed to mean back when it began. We're just being told that you have to accept language that doesn't exist, words that don't make sense, words that in many cases don't exist, and that you must address people by these things, or you will be the bigot who will be canceled. This is what they're doing. This is what they're saying. Now, here's what I say. If these people want their own language with their own made-up words, and their own made-up pronouns, and their own made-up genders, and their own made-up fantasy lands, if they want them, let them have them. But what they need is their own country, then. If they want to have made-up language and made-up words and made-up things and fantasy identifications, and if they want to do this to their children, they need their own country. Because I'll tell you this, We're not surrendering ours. Not on my watch. Not on our watch. We're not surrendering our country and our culture and sacrificing our children on the altar of of the Rainbow Mafia. We're not sacrificing everything that has made this culture and this civilization what it is because of a bunch of very, very psychologically delusional people. We're not doing it. You want to have your own language and your own genders and your own way of thinking, acting, and behaving? Find a country that is comfortable for you because you can't have ours. Pride Month is dangerous. Pride Month is not about being proud of being gay anymore. Pride Month is about recruiting and grooming children into a lifestyle that they have absolutely no business whatsoever being exposed to. I've got more of these videos I could play for you, but I can't do it without losing my breakfast, so I'll take a time out here. It's 1052, Always Right Radio, AM 1420, The Answer. Ten fifty-seven, and the Dow is down eight hundred and twenty points so far this morning. Add that to the list of statistics that drive us to say, "Let's go, Brandon! Let's go, Brandon!" And I mean that in every single sense of those words, specifically what those words are substituted for. Let's go, Brandon. Greg in Cleveland, you're on AM 1420, The Answer. Thank you for waiting, Greg. Go ahead, sir. Yeah, hi, Bob. Um, you know, the left has uh, established themselves as the party of mob violence, and it started at the 2016 inauguration on January 20th. 
when Antifa tried to uh, rain on that parade and intimidate people using uh, flash bombs or rather uh, um, Molotov cocktails. And it's continued on, you know, through the summer of 2018. And what you're seeing today in front of the uh, Supreme Court is the whirlwind. This is the whirlwind. And when when Schumer said, you won't know what hit you, Kavanaugh and Gorsuch, you know, that was sending signals to this potential assassin who was apprehended. And then, coincidentally, Biden goes on <clears throat> Jimmy Kimmel's show this week. First time he's you know been out of the basement in over 100 days for an interview. Just in time to say that if things don't go his way or the left's way, that there's going to be a revolution. Did you hear him predict that? I did. I did. Yeah. yeah. And 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 you know this is this revolution that he's talking about. It did didn't start with him though. And thanks for the call, my friend. This revolution started under Barack Obama when Biden was his number two. That's when this revolution, a fundamental transformation of America, cannot happen without America being destroyed. America cannot be destroyed as it exists without a revolution, and it's a revolution against not the government, which is the kind of revolution that we that that gave us our country in the Revolutionary War, but it's a revolution against the people rather than the people rising up against government like the way it was in 1776, this is the government rising up against the people. It is absolutely revolutionary. That's what fundamental transformation means to these people. Thank you, my friend. I really appreciate the phone call. Let me get one more in before the top. We'll go to Peggy, who's in Mayfield Heights. We don't have time? All right, we don't. Okay, we'll take we'll take the next call after the top of the hour news. We'll get there. Yeah, I don't want to keep cut you short anyway in 30 seconds. So we'll come right back. We'll take more calls. We're guest-free for the rest of the show. So for the next 47, 48 minutes, whatever it is, uh, the lines are yours. 216-901-0945. Right back. Always right radio. You and I know and do not believe that life is so dear and peace so sweet as to be purchased at the price of chains and slavery. If nothing in life is worth dying for, when did this begin? Just in the face of this enemy? Or should Moses have told the children of Israel to live in slavery under the pharaohs? Should Christ have refused the cross? Should the patriots at Concord Bridge have thrown down their guns and refused to fire the shot heard round the world? The martyrs of history were not fools. And our honored dead, who gave their lives to stop the advance of the Nazis, didn't die in vain. Where then is the road to peace? Well, it's a simple answer after all. You and I have the courage to say to our enemies, there is a price we will not pay. There is a point beyond which they must not advance. This is Always Right Radio with Bob France on AM 1420, The Answer. Hour number three underway now at nine minutes past 11 o'clock. One of the top two trending items on Twitter right now. Even though I don't have a Twitter account anymore, I still follow to see what people are talking about for obvious reasons. Stock market crash. Stock market crash. NASDAQ futures are down more than 2% after Wall Street's worst week since January. And right now, the Dow is down 880 points and falling. So the stock market continues to crash. And you know what's funny is not funny at all, but I'm old enough to remember 
that prediction that Donald Trump once made. I'm old enough to remember when Donald Trump, during the 2020 presidential election cycle, in fact, said, and I quote, if Biden gets elected, we'll have record inflation and the stock market will crash like in the Great Depression, end quote. And that is exactly what the track we are on uh, on right now is. We are on that exact track. Make no mistake about it. This is an astounding thing. Somebody put together a really terrific video uh, that I kind of want to share. I don't know if I can or not, because I might not have it in the right place at this particular moment in time. But there's a great video here, and I'll see if I can grab it. Um, It's just a little, yeah, not not that way, not that way, not that way. Hold on a second. Um, I just want to grab it, and I think I can pull it from Dave Rubin. I'll I'll get it from Dave Rubin. Dave wouldn't mind. We had Dave on. He's a nice guy. He likes us. So I'm sure he won't mind. But there's a great um, little uh, kind of a back and forth uh, video of Joe Biden speaking and Donald Trump speaking. And the two of them together are telling the truth, believe it or not. Let's see. I think I can make this work now. Here we go. Before I took office, there was a lot of folks out there, a lot of folks out there making some pretty bold predictions about how things would turn out. You might remember some of the predictions. They're coming for your guns, they're coming for your jobs, and they're coming for your freedom. They hate American energy, and Joe Biden will shut it all down. He's going to. Uh, that if, the, if I became president. Biden's elected, he will wipe out your energy industry. Another prediction that is my favorite one, I must add, is that if I got elected. Gas prices going five, six, seven dollars for a gallon. <laughs> Flood your communities with criminal aliens, drugs, and crime while they live behind beautiful gated compounds. They try to take away your guns, Second Amendment, they want to take it away, while they enjoy private security that's fully armed. I never understood that one. To spend trillions of dollars rebuilding foreign nations, fighting foreign wars, and defending foreign borders. So for all those predictions of doom and gloom six months in, Here's where we stand. Do you want to use the word recession or depression? Think of the single mom struggling to put food on the table each month. You know, it's, uh, it's sad. So if your primary concern right now is inflation. We could stop it in 30 minutes. When I took office. He finally went outside. He went to get an ice cream. Look, the bottom line is this. I say you're not doing a very good job. Because he can't take any questions now from the press. And the video there is of Joe Biden walking away from the press. I don't know who made that. Dave shared it. I would give attribution credit for it if I could. I don't know who made it. But it's, well, it's exactly right. Look, I am not going to say that Donald Trump did everything perfectly during his term. He didn't. I'm not going to say Donald Trump has done everything perfectly since he left the White House. He hasn't. But I'll tell you this. The warning signs that he gave for Joe Biden during that campaign were spot on. All of them are coming to pass. All of them. Economically, foreign policy, security. I mean, all of it. He was spot on. He said five, six, seven dollar gas. We're over five now as a national average. We are not slowing down. We will hit seven before we hit three. All right? I will call it two up or two down. We're at five now. I predict we'll hit seven before we come back down and hit three, if we go back down and hit, hit three at all in Biden's term in office. I can't say with certainty that they will. 
that we will. Because he refuses to maximize production. He refuses to enact the Defense Production Act the way he did for solar panels to get gasoline and to get natural gas. <sighs> maximize production. No, he just will not do it. 216-901-0945-888-281-1110. Still waiting for the Supreme Court, by the way. And I will tell you this. I don't know if I was right. I hope I was wrong. But I'll tell you what, the fact that they were expecting announcements at 10 o'clock, and it's now 11.15 and we have not gotten any, it makes me wonder if I was right. It makes me wonder if the Supreme Court is going to hold off on any announcements on Roe, if they're going to hold off on any announcements of uh, 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 Dobbs uh, in Mississippi. Because if they do, it will send a signal to the threat, you know, the, the threat mongers, if I can make up a word there, but those who are threatening the justices, the protesters, the harassers, the intimidators, it will tell them it works. It works. If the court does not come out and release its finding or its, um, its opinion uh, immediately, it will tell them it works. We have them on the run. They're scared to say what they want to say, and they're going to crush it. John Roberts, the little mealy mouth. Uh, supposed conservative chief justice is not does not want to release this. He doesn't want to be responsible for touching off national waves of violence, and that's exactly what the left will indeed bring about if and when the Roe decision comes down. So I'm just wondering, since it's late, are they deciding backstage, if you will, to maybe pull the plug on it and say we're not going to do it, we're not going to do the Dobbs case? I'm just curious, but I feel like I may be. You know, it's an hour and 15 minutes late. I don't know if I'm right or wrong, but that's that's the way it's looking. Frank is in Brook Park. Thanks for your patience, Frank. Sorry about your wait. Go ahead, sir. Thank you. Hey, I just want to touch on uh, Nancy Pelosi and Archbishop Salvatore J. Cordillone of San Francisco. Uh, we've had a long run now with politicians saying they're Catholic, but they continually vote for promote abortion. And Nancy Pelosi, of course, is the number one legislator in that area. Uh, Archbishop Cordelion had been a courageous and proper active witness to the Catholic faith as a true defender of, true defender of human life. Okay, and the real presence of Christ in the Eucharist. And she keeps violating it by promoting abortion constantly. Well, he spent months trying to contact her for a meeting on the subject to correct her viewpoint as a Catholic. Uh, of course, we know who she is. Well, he acted, finally, after months of trying to work with her, and she didn't want to meet with him. So he issued proclamation to all of his bishops, all the priests of his diocese in San Francisco, that Nancy Pelosi cannot be given Holy Communion. Yeah in the Catholic Church anymore until she repents and changes her attitude. So uh, that happened uh, just the week before, well, the last week of May, and I'm reading the article from June 2nd. And uh, the following week, of course, the papers, the paper uh, by the, uh, the San Francisco Examiner blasted Archbishop Cordelion the yeah. uh, following day. 
Yeah, let, and, let me push, uh, Frank, let me push this forward yeah. a little bit. Yeah, let me push this forward a little bit because most of what you're saying, I think everybody is aware of about the uh, ban, the abortion ban, and, or excuse me, the communion ban over her views on abortion and the pushback by a lot of other members of the church, by the way, who said he, have, he has absolutely no right to do that. But he did, and to my understanding, he has not gone back on his, his order, uh, has the bishop. So what's, what's your opinion of what you're reporting on right now? Well, it's absolutely known that this should have been acted out a long time ago, but we have too many bishops and cardinals who are not doing our job in invoking the rule that you do not receive communion if you are in mortal sin and promoting abortion as much as she has. She is definitely seriously in mortal sin. Okay. Well, and this yeah. is what I think is driving a lot of Catholics away from the church. That's that's a, you know, I'm just looking for some of the, you know, other elements of this because you're right, obviously, and so is the bishop. But the church has just, you know, they've given so much ground. They have gone so far particularly to this pope, so far, you know, to the woke left, if you will, uh trying to reimagine what it means to be a Catholic that they are they're sacrificing, you know, revered un, you know, impeachable Catholic tenets. Uh, like that, like the protection of life. So it's why a lot of people, that's why churches are dying. That's why the parishes are shrinking. It's why there are fewer and fewer people in the, in the, uh, going into seminaries. The church is, is in dire straits right now. And it's because there aren't enough cath, or enough, not enough bishops and not enough leaders like that one willing to say, you know, the, 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 the church and church teachings and church law in the Bible still matter. And not too many, I shouldn't say not too many, but, but way, way too many of them are, uh, are, are kind of moving away from that, and it's costing the church membership. They're not kind of moving away from it. The bishops and cardinals, other than Archbishop Cordelion, they are totally avoiding it. You're exactly right. Yeah. He's contacted yeah. them, contacted them also about this. And they're just, <clears throat> that's the problem. They're not really doing their jobs. So you're correct. No, and you know, and you know, they, you know, you know, what's frustrating is they should be the ones leading the fight as we, as we, you know, wait for this decision from the Supreme Court to potentially overturn Roe and kick it back to the states. The Catholic Church leadership should be leading the fight against the pro-baby killer uh, uh, organizations that are out there firebombing pro-life clinics and pro-life health centers and attacking and threatening and intimidating churches and church leadership. You know, the church ought to be the ones pushing back against them and fighting on behalf of life. And instead, they just stand idly by and let it all happen. And, and for far too long, let people like Nancy Pelosi continue to pretend she's a Catholic and take communion. And Joe Biden the same way. You know, Joe Biden still takes communion. He's Catholic. Uh, you know, nobody has stepped up and, 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 and made an example out of him. But the church should be leading the fight here as Roe versus Wade comes to a head. And, uh, and they're just sadly and strangely and disappointingly silent. Correct, right. And the problem is, he's, she's still getting receiving, she's still be able to get communion in uh, Washington, D.C., because Wilton Gregory, who is her chief <laughs> yeah. cardinal, he is wishy-washy, and that's the problem. You're exactly yeah. right. That's why Joe Biden and she are still receiving communion, which is yeah. an abomination. Yeah, yeah, I, I'm with you, my friend. Frank, I appreciate the call. Got to run here. Appreciate that very much. It's 1121. If you're on hold, stay there. Coming right back. We're still waiting on a Supreme Court decision to be announced or the decisions that they are going to release today. There's no guarantee 
that Roe or Dobbs, rather, was supposed to be in this one today, but it was expected by many. That's why they're doing the shutdown D.C. protests all around the Supreme Court right now, um, which, is, of course, is just setting, you know, it's like a tinderbox waiting for somebody to throw the match. And a Dobbs decision would throw that match. Is that what's holding them back? I don't know, but we're waiting. We'll continue right after this on Always Right Radio, AM 1420, The Answer. All right, friends, if you have not yet gotten your tickets yet to join our cancel party, (laughs) otherwise known as our 100th anniversary celebration, get them. Get them now while they're there. WHKRadio.com. I also have a link to it on uh, alwaysright.us. You'll see it right there. Click and buy your tickets for our, our 100th anniversary celebration. It's one week from tomorrow. It is the 21st at Harry Buffalo in North Olmstead. We got canceled by a downtown establishment. We didn't know how woke they were, and apparently they didn't know how constitutionally and patriotically loving of this country we are. They didn't like that, so they canceled on us. They had all kinds of uh, Beatles uh, cover bands that were going to do. Because, you know, did you know WHK was the first uh, 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 station in the state of Ohio to bring the Beatles to Cleveland? Yeah, uh, the oldest station in the state of Ohio. We have such a great heritage. Anyway, they canceled us once they found out that we love this country. And so uh, we, needed a, we needed a new home. And it took all about .0 seconds uh, for uh, Tony George, <coughs> the owner of the Harry Buffalo, or of Harry Buffalo, to call and say, bring that party to me, and we will turn it out. And that's exactly what we are going to do. So join us next Tuesday at Harry Buffalo. Uh, we'll be there. You know what they say, right? If you are conservative and you haven't been canceled, then you aren't conservative, and conservative enough. And if they don't say that, they should. I'll say it. If you haven't been canceled yet, you're not doing it right. Uh, we got canceled, and we're doing it right, and we're going to have a great time with fellow patriots and lovers of this country and of this Constitution. Get a VIP ticket, hang with myself and Tom Kelly, enjoy some whiskey, enjoy some cigars, special menu, uh, private seating, get a general admission ticket, buffet, and two drink tickets for that. All of them are available in a great music show. We do have Top Dog, which is going to do Beatles, Beatles tunes, opened up for by uh, our friend Johnny Hiles, my producer. And uh, it's going to be a great time. So get your tickets now. WHKRadio.com. WHKRadio.com. It's one week from tomorrow. We're celebrating our 100th anniversary, and I hope to see you there. Okay. Kathy, Middleburg Heights, thanks for waiting. You're on AM 1420, The Answer. Go ahead. Hi, Bob. Thank you for the good show, and thank you for the pledge every morning. Absolutely. I have one uh, comment, and then I'll let you go. I'm waiting for a delivery. But the this Supreme Court, protests and all this garbage going on nobody's talking about the leaker the leaker or leakers are responsible for all this and if there's loss of life or property damage or any of that that all goes back to whoever leaked that document and is anything being done about that do you know i i I, uh, here's here's what i know i know kathy the same thing that you know and that that this is going to be covered up there is no way they are going to name and publicly identify the law clerk that works for one of those liberal justices as the leaker. And we know that it was one of them because they're the ones who stood the most to gain from leaking it and creating all of this chaos, threats, intimidation, protests, and everything else to try to stop the opinion from being released. There is only one 
into or one side, if you will, uh, that that would benefit from leaking this, and that would be one of those who opposed it. So it's either somebody on Kagan's staff or somebody on Sotomayor's staff or Breyer's staff or who knows, maybe even John Roberts' staff because he's just as liberal as he is conservative. But somebody leaked this for the purpose of stopping it, and that person is is a hero in the eyes of the left. That person is not a criminal for breaking, you know, 250 years, if you will, of tradition, because uh, this is unprecedented, what happened here. And that person is a hero because it, it, it sounded the alarm, if you will, for the baby killer, killer crowd that they have, to, they have to strengthen up here. And so since that person's a hero, there's no way they're going to let them be identified. They're not going to let this person's life be destroyed. They're not going to be prosecuted. They're not going to be, uh, you know, fired. They're going to cover this up. Because there's no way they wouldn't have, able, wouldn't have been able to find this out by now if they really wanted to. Absolutely, and rivers run deep. There's there's more behind this, and it's just it, it just annoys the you know what out of me. So yeah, now I think uh. you're right. I think you're right. You know, I, I I'm saying there's one person because one person leaked it to the political reporter who ran it. So one person gave it to them, and it was probably a hard copy. They accessed it, they printed it, and they gave it to the Politico reporter to run with this, because if they sent it in an email or in a digital form, it would be too easy to check cell phones and, and email records to see who sent something. So they printed it, and then they um, and then they handed it over. And so that, that was one person. But I agree with you. The river does run deep, and I'm sure there were a lot of people that were at the heart of this, uh, planning it and, and helping it be carried out so that they could try to generate public outrage at the overturn of Roe and then obviously try to stop it. So um, I, I think I think there's too many people to protect here for us to ever find out what really happened. Well, if you find out anything, please keep us. <laughs> you, you better believe it. If I find All out right, anything, yeah, the- thank you. You got it. Thanks for the call. Yeah, If anything is made public on this, I promise you we'll talk about it immediately. It's... it's um, it's a pretty terrifying thing to think that this could go unpunished, but that's where we are. And again, it's the same thing I said before. If the justices don't release the, the, um, uh, their, uh, their opinion on this for fear because of the, the, the threats and the threats against the country and so forth, um, it tells them that those things work and they'll do it again. Same thing with the leaker. If the leaker here is not punished, uh, more leaks are going to happen. More of this will happen because people will feel completely emboldened by the fact that there is no justice being done. Thank you for that great call, Kathy. We'll come right back uh, after the news. One more segment, Always Great Radio, after this. Reason in the age of unreason. Always right radio with Bob France and the answer. Okay, eleven thirty-nine. Still waiting for the Supreme Court. Nothing yet. The Kabuki Theater is in full effect at, in Washington right now. The January sixth show trial is uh, is ongoing as they continue to prosecute somebody without allowing due process. But hey, that's fine. That's just what they do. I guess we're used to it now. Let's get a couple more calls in here before the top, or before the uh, uh, end of the broadcast. Really, Barbara is in Akron. Barbara, thanks for waiting. You're on the air. Go right ahead. Yes. Hi, Bob. I want to talk to you about uh, some of your comments about the Catholic Church. Yes. And Archbishop Corleone mm-hmm. and Nancy Pelosi. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
And I want, I'm very much aware of the fact that there are two factions in the Catholic Church right now, the traditional Latin Mass Catholic Church, and we are very, very fortunate in the Cleveland Diocese to have a very strong Latin Mass presence. And in Akron here, we have two churches that offer the Latin Mass. And these are very traditional Catholics who are very faithful to the teachings of the Church. And they're not the woke group who, um, you know, let slide these ideas about, uh, you know, that people like Nancy Pelosi can present themselves for communion and that it's mm-hmm. fine. Mm-hmm. And they're very much behind uh, Archbishop Corleone. And uh, they're scandalized that somebody like Biden would present himself for communion. And so I think that that it should be made clear that there are two very distinct groups of Catholics. And, um, you know, one one group is is pretty, um, shall I say, uh, skeptical about a lot of these very liberal ideas about being more concerned about climate change than about saving souls. Yeah, well, they, there definitely are a number of them like that. Um, you know, I appreciate everything you just said, particularly about the historical, you know, the Latin Mass and, and the traditionalists. I, I, I don't. I'm not even saying we have to be that. I hope it doesn't sound weird to say hardcore, where you have to participate in the Latin Mass or you're not doing it right. I think there is a room, there is room rather for, you know, modern updates to the Mass itself. For example, you know, uh, there just aren't as many schools and there just aren't as many young people in schools that teach Latin anymore to the point where the Latin Mass, even in Catholic schools, they just don't teach it. So I'm, you know, modernizing the Mass a little bit is fine. It's not the mass to me. It's in, in, in even the, you know, that portion of it. It's, it's the, it's the, it's the, the bedrock of the church beliefs, you know, that mm-hmm. are being, that are being, that are being broken here. That bedrock is being cracked at the foundational level by not protecting life by, by any, yeah. any of these woke rulings or these woke positions that the Pope is taking there or the other bishops and cardinals are taking and those who criticize, you know, the ones who are actually doing it right. So I, I think there's a place yeah. between traditional well, Latin orthodoxy yeah, I, and, I, I and, and, and wokeness. You. you know what I mean? Yeah, I agree with you that, that, the new mass done very reverently, you know, that is, uh, I get it, I get it. But there's a saying, lex orendi, lex credendi, lex vivendi, the way, uh, the way we pray is the way we, um, uh, is the way we believe is the way we live. And, um, that many argue that getting away from the traditions, uh, of, uh, the old liturgy are what allowed in a lot of this departure mm-hmm. from uh, the teachings, the old teachings of the church. So, you know, who knows? Who knows what what made it happen? Yeah. But, well, uh, God, God does. <laughs> and other God than that, does. the right. rest of us are guessing. God knows. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Okay. Thank you, Barbara. God bless you. Appreciate your phone call. Uh, thanks very much. Yeah, I mean, you know, and again, I, I try not to turn this program into, 
a sermon or a faith discussion or a Bible study because I'm not qualified to do any of those things. <laughs> I'm, in, I'm in no way, shape, or form qualified, but I will just speak to what I know the Catholic Church to be and what I know Catholic tradition and Catholic tenet to be, tenets to be, and what they're doing right now, again, with by refusing, and this is how it all kind of got brought up by a previous caller, the um, church leadership by not standing up and fighting, rhetorically, of course, verbally, for the the souls of babies, for babies' lives to not be t- snuffed out by, you know, people looking for a convenient answer to a uh, an inconvenient situation. If they're not standing up and fighting for life, then what are they there for? That's why a lot of people are leaving the church. That's why you see masses in so many places, you know, half full. It's why you see, you know, seminary classes, you know, virtually non-existence. The, the church is in a very, very difficult spot now and it's one of their own creation because they're not living up to what they uh, what they were born to be and i'll leave it at that for now so we are not getting a supreme court hearing on dobbs today we're finding that out when will we get it by the end of this month that's what the plan is supposed to be we'll find out if they have the guts to do what is right or if they are being intimidated into silence by the mobs thanks to everybody for listening today thanks to my guests thanks to our crew and thanks to you have a great day let's go brandon Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.